Hello friends, today we are getting into What Luke Really Cared About, Part 5. Starting with this first section, it is called Repentance and Conversion. Luke clearly stated that the salvation provided by Jesus' death and resurrection comes by way of repentance, that is, turning from sin. Luke placed greater emphasis on repentance than the other gospel writers. This emphasis is evident early on when Luke alone included the term in Jesus' summary of his mission, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. From chapter 5, verse 32. We can also see this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 13 and Mark chapter 2, verse 17. But we have not read those yet, so we will not look at those just yet. Luke alone included the parable of the barren fig tree with its twofold introductory warning to repent, seen in chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. To save some time, I'm not going to read those, but I do urge you guys to go ahead and look those up for yourself. Luke alone included repentance at the end of the parables of the lost sheep, chapter 15, verse 7, which says, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And nobody has told me yet what carried forward means, but it says Matthew 18:14. if you guys want to look that up. Also in the parable of the lost coin, chapter 15, verse 10, which says, In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Luke alone used the word repent in the discussion of forgiveness between brothers, chapter 17, verses 3 and 4, which say, So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent. You must forgive them. Again, it says carry forward in Matthew chapter 18 verses 15 through 22. Repentance is also uniquely found in Luke's version of the Great Commission, which is chapter 24 verses 44 through 49, which say, He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Also carried forward in Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20. For Luke, Jesus was not just another person teaching others how to have a good life. Luke reported Jesus' life and teaching to demonstrate that his mission was of eternal life and death importance for everyone, that Jesus is the Messiah who died and rose again to provide salvation for all who would repent of their sins and put their faith in, i.e. commit their lives to following him. Him is in Jesus. 
This next section is called Luke in his gospel declared Jesus' mission of bringing God's salvation for all people. If Jesus came to bring salvation, who can be saved? Who can be a follower of Jesus? Luke was concerned to show that Jesus had all kinds of followers from all walks of life. Gentiles and Jews, men and women, poor and rich, soldiers and civilians. People are not disqualified from following Jesus based upon their pedigrees, professions, pasts, or popularity. In fact, more than the other Gospels, Luke emphasized that the marginalized, those on the outskirts of society, also could find salvation in Jesus. That is so amazing because I know a lot of us struggle with a lot more than just what people see on the outside. So just know you are not disqualified, friend. This next section is called Gentiles and Jews. Luke indicated that the good news of salvation was intended for the Jews so that they could be missionaries of the gospel message to the rest of humanity, which we can see in chapter 2, verse 25 through 32, which says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, which was be circumcised, Simeon took him in his arms, praising God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Examples given from Acts as well are chapter 1, verse 8, chapter 13, verses 46 through 47, chapter 26, verse 22 and 23. We will not get into that because we have not read it. It was always God's intention to bless all peoples using the Jewish nation to bring the promised Messiah, which can be found in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Luke's use of particular phrases also indicated the universal interest, all people. From chapter 2, verse 10, which says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Also in chapter 2, verse 31, which says, Which you have prepared in the sight of all the nations. Another phrase, all mankind, which we see in chapter 3, verse 6, which says, And all people will see God's salvation. That doesn't say mankind, and I looked it up in the King James Version, which didn't say it either, so I'm a little confused about this part, but we will move on. The last phrase that he uses is all nations, which we can see in chapter 24, verse 47, which says, And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. In fact, Luke showed that the universal offer of salvation was already evident in the ministry of Jesus himself and was not merely a later development. Examples given are chapter 2, verse 10, which we've already read, where the angel shows himself to the shepherds, telling him about the Messiah that was born. 
also in chapter 2, verses 29 through 32, where Simeon is thanking God for the blessing of being able to see the Messiah and letting him know that it is his time to go to heaven. Chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, which say, As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight and rough ways smooth, and all people will seek God's salvation. Also, examples given are chapter 4, verses 25 through 27, chapter 13, verse 28 through 29, chapter 14, verse 15 through 24, and chapter 24, verses 46 through 48. We will not get into those to save some time. Luke even reported that Jesus recognized a Gentile as having greater faith than any Israelite he had met. From chapter 7, verses 1 through 10, which say, When Jesus had finished saying all of this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation, and he has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve you to come under my roof. That is why I did not consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. The Christian faith is not for Jews only. Gentiles are also called to believe in Christ. Okay, I'm going to do one more section and then we will end it for the night. I will not be reading these verses just so that way we can save some time because it is a lengthy section. So this section is called Women and Men. In many parts of the first century world, women were viewed as lesser beings than men, which we can see in chapter 24 verses 1 through 11. Luke, however, countered this perspective. Jesus and the apostles ministered to women. Examples given are chapter 7, verses 11 through 17, chapter 7, verses 36 through 50, chapter 8, verses 40 through 56, and chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Luke was careful to show that women were capable of having faith in God. Examples given are chapter 1, verse 30, chapter 1, verse 38, Chapter 7, verses 36 through 50, and chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Furthermore, Luke demonstrated that God could use women in ministry. Examples given are chapter 2, verses 36 through 38, chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, also from Acts, chapter 2, verse 17 through 21, 
chapter 18, verses 24 through 28, and chapter 21, verse 9. Worthy of note is Luke's tendency to pair stories of men and women. Birth announcements to Zechariah and Mary, chapter 1, verse 5 through 38. The prophecies of Simeon and Anna, chapter 2, verse 25 through 38. Jesus healing a demonized man and Simon's mother-in-law on the Sabbath, chapter 4, verse 31 through 39. The naming of men followers, chapter 6, verse 12 through 16. And women followers, chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. Jesus healing a centurion's servant and a widow's son, chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. Jesus encouraging John the Baptist and forgiving the sinful woman, chapter 7, verses 18 through 50. Jesus healing a demonized man and a sick woman, chapter 8, verses 26 through 48. Jesus raising from the dead a boy, chapter 7, verse 11 through 17 and a girl, chapter 8, verse 49 through 56. Jesus healing a crippled woman on the Sabbath, chapter 13, verse 10 through 17, and a diseased man on the Sabbath, chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. A man planting and a woman cooking, chapter 13, verse 18 through 21. A man with a lost sheep and a woman with a lost coin, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. A Persistent Widow and Praying Men, chapter 18, verses 1 through 14. Note also Luke's particular interest in widows, who would have been one of the neediest groups in the first century. Chapter 7, verse 11 through 15. Chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. Chapter 20, verse 45 through 47. And chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Alright, so that is the end of this part. We still got quite a few to go, but I hope that you guys are enjoying this. Let me know if you guys are wanting me to continue to read these verses or if I should just list them off. That is all the time that I have. Till next time.